My friends, I, um, not sure if many of you know this, but I, I went to school in Philadelphia for four years. My first four years of seminary were in Philly at St. Charles a College Seminary. And so, living in Philadelphia for four years, I really love Rocky movies, right? There's something, it's like, it's the Philadelphia spirit. Rocky, Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, not so much Rocky 5, but Rocky Balboa and the two Creed movies. Um, and... I, I mean, our first reading today is at the heart of a central conflict and theme in the Rocky story. Woe to the complacent. Woe to the complacent. To those that are just merely comfortable. That if we're just comfortable and if, we, if we're not striving after anything, and if at times we even don't have to struggle, then woe to the complacent because we just become comfortable. And if you think about somebody that's, you know, how, how are you doing today? I'm comfortable, right? It really doesn't say anything. It's, I'm not good, I'm not bad, I'm not, you know, I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm comfortable. That's, that's not a good response. That's not something we should aim for. But in reality, if we're going to be honest, maybe in a lot of our daily actions and in a lot of our just small choices throughout the day, that is something we we're aiming for. I just want to be comfortable, right? It's been a little chillier at night, and so for me in particular, it's been a little harder to get up in the morning. Uh, it's some nice warm blankets, and it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's been a little harder to get up these last two mornings. Now it's a little chill. I just want to stay comfortable. You can't stay in bed all day, right? You have to get up. We have work to do. There's souls. We have our souls. We have to grow in holiness. Woe to the complacent. And as a church, as parishes, this is something that we really have to consider. Are we just striving to be comfortable? Is our church and our faith just about us being comfortable? And we just want, uh, like, that's what this is. Uh, No, like, we, we can't just aim for comfort. And just like in the Rocky movies, you lose the eye of the tiger, right? You lose that desire and that strive for greatness that sharpens us. The, all the readings that we read at Mass are in different parts of the Bible, but it almost as if they, they this weekend fit so beautifully one after the other. Because woe to the comfortable, so what are we supposed to do? Well, you, man of God, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Compete well for the faith. Compete well that each one of us, sons and daughters of God the Father, need to compete well for the faith. Not just to be comfortable, but to really be striving for greatness, pursuing righteousness, right? Pursuing holiness, devotion, faith, love, patience, gentleness, that these aren't things that just happen, but we want to work for them. We want to actually strive after them for greatness. We're striving, we should be striving for spiritual greatness. And striving for greatness is incompatible with just staying comfortable. A little while ago, um, being more autobiographical, I was trying to get up early in the morning and go, go exercising, and that stopped really quickly. And Father Gutierrez was telling me how he's going to get a membership to a gym. And he's like, you should come too. We should do it together. I said, no. not. He's like, no, I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock, and I'm going to go exercise. And I said, good luck. Don't wake me up on the way out the door. 
right? But there's something about, you know, I'm going to stay nice and comfortable under the covers. Um, And meanwhile, Father Gutierrez is on his own uh, time and way. He is going to go strive for physical greatness for as long as that lasts. Gym membership may be a year, so let's see what happens. Um, Good for him, right? We want to strive for greatness. You can't both just stay comfortable and strive for greatness. Striving for greatness requires struggle. It requires effort. And that we need that effort. We need that struggle. That needs to be a a vision that our, our spiritual life and our life as Catholics is not just being comfortable. Being comfortable at church. Being comfortable with the church. Being comfortable in every... No, we want to be striving. That interior struggle. Who's the first person we strive against? Ourselves. We each know our own little ways that we fall again and again and again into sins. The little sins, the daily stuff. We know. You know, I was... Um, I heard a priest say recently that someone invited him to give a talk to young people... And they want it to be exciting. So talk about spiritual combat, right? And we want to talk about the devil and exorcisms and all this stuff. And this priest got up there. He's like, spiritual combat. You know what the first spiritual combat is? It's against myself. It's against my, my own just comfort seeking. You want to talk about the devil and all that stuff. But the reality is I'm my own worst enemy a lot of times, right? I'm worse to myself spiritually than the devil could ever be to me. Because I just can't get over my desire for comfort, for lukewarmness, for laziness, for whatever personal sins we may struggle with. That we could be way worse. And so the first combat is against ourselves. And to say, today I want to I wanna grow. Today I want to I wanna strive for that greatness. And this striving for greatness is done moving to the gospel in the everyday ways that are right in front of us. It could be so easy to say that I'm going to, yeah, when big things come up, then I'll be holy, right? When something big happens, yeah, I'm going to go for a, you know, a day-long, completely silent fasting retreat. Okay, enjoy that. Um, But if I do that once a year or once a decade and I don't pray every day, what good did it do? We grow in holiness in the everyday things, right here in the opportunities right in front of us. The rich man, Jesus is telling the story of the rich man who dressed in his purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day, and there's Lazarus lying at his doorstep, such that when you consider what the scene looks like, that this guy would have had to step over him, as I'm in these long robes, right, step over him to get out the door. There's someone right there who needs his help, and he ignores him. And we get the sense that he knows his name, because when they both die and he sees him there with Abraham, he says, that's Lazarus. He used to sleep on my doorstep. Abraham, send him. He'll help me out. No. No, you, you missed the point, dude. In life, you got good things, and Lazarus had to struggle and got received what was evil. And now... It's reversed. You totally have missed the point. And so and there's this, at the end, 
He says, well, then at least send someone, send him back, Abraham, to to my brothers to warn them. And Abraham says, and picture Jesus is telling the story, so Jesus says, if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. Now, maybe a month later, Jesus is going to die and rise from the dead, and the people still won't believe. When this incredible thing happens, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, what's there every day right in front of them, then the most miraculous thing to ever happen in human history could happen right in front of them, and they still won't believe. If we don't see our struggle for holiness as happening in the everyday, right here in front of us, Oh, in some other circumstance, I'll be holy. In uh, some other circumstance, I'll help that person that I know needs help. In some other set of... No, none of that exists in reality. Right here, today, who's in front of me? Who needs my help? Right here, today, what am I struggling with? What are the areas where I need to grow? Where I need to put off comfort? and allow the grace of God to shape me and respond to God's grace in that way. If we think that in some fantasy realm of other circumstances, miraculous circumstances, something different will happen, we're we're as deluded as this guy in the gospel. Rather, he doesn't even get a name, notice. He doesn't even get a name. He's just the rich man. Whereas Lazarus has a name and he's loved by God. So we need to see that this happens right in front of us. Right in front of us is that struggle for holiness. Today, here, now. The things that we're probably stepping over as we go about our day. Let's look for what those are. They're right there in front of us. Let's look for those little ways that we have to particularly struggle against ourselves and our own sinfulness. Let's ask our Lord for the grace today. It's never too late to start, but today, right now, to struggle for holiness, to put aside comfort and complacency, and to be willing to engage in the race, the contest, to grow to great saints that God calls us to be. This is our prayer. We ask our Lord to help us in this, to respond to his grace, to strive well, and to receive the prize of our struggle in heaven.